Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, unlike Jesus, who never sinned and thus was always filled, always under the control of the Spirit. That's not true for you. That's not true for me. You see, today we're going to learn about a spiritual leak that happens to every single one of us. You see, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you. That happens at salvation. It's something else to always be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. As we continue in the fourth chapter of Luke, we're reminded of the importance Jesus put on being controlled by and filled with the Holy Spirit. Since Jesus couldn't fulfill the role he had come to do using only human strength and wisdom, it was critical that he rely on the Holy Spirit to supply what he, Jesus, lacked. Pastor Mark will remind us that although we have access to the same Holy Spirit baptism and control, we can't do what Jesus did because we're weak. Our taking back control from the Holy Spirit keeps us from perfectly following the will of God. So we need to constantly be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. We're actually doing the book of Luke, going through verse by verse, but we're starting in the book of John this morning, just for one verse. As you've turned there, can I challenge you? I'm going to challenge you, but really Jesus is going to challenge you this morning. He's going to give us a challenge, and then Paul is going to give us two commands. So we're going to look for the challenge from Jesus, and we're going to look from the two commands from Paul that enable us to do the challenge for Jesus. Now, Jesus was going back to heaven. The Holy Spirit was going to come and take his place. Look at the challenge in verse 12. Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me. Anybody in our buildings that have faith in Jesus. Could I see your hand? Good. The rest of you need to get saved at the end of the service. (laughs) I tell you, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even, say it with me. Great. Say it again. Greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. This is the challenge from Jesus to every Christian from the day he left until the day he comes back. When Jesus left this earth, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come, as I said, take his place and work in and through you. Jesus says that our ministry today would be greater than his ministry. What in the world did he mean by greater? I mean, realistically, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, 
He performed every kind of miracle you imagine, delivered people from demons, raised people from the dead, calmed the seas, fed 5,000, 15,000 people with little loaves and fishes. I mean, you got to be kidding me. But remember, Jesus, when he came, even though he was fully God, he was fully man. He lived his life as a man in a human body. And as you begin to see that, geographically, he really never, except as a baby, left the little nation of Israel. Israel is about the size of New Jersey. He just never went anywhere. Other than that, how long did Jesus minister? Three and a half years. That's it. So what does greater mean to you and me today? What is that challenge? Greater in three ways. Greater in number of disciples. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached, 3,000 people became Christians. That's more Christians than Jesus ever saw come under his ministry in one time, ever. Billy Graham has seen millions of people come to Christ. Jesus never even came close in that area. You see, today, 100 million Christians in China. Proof, our ministry greater. Why? Because there's so many of us that can share the good news. Greater, number two, in distance. You can go anywhere. We just had two mission teams come back from overseas. They've been all over the world. Jesus never went basically out of Israel. Today, we're doing ministry in so many different countries of the world. This week, the next week, some you will be flying all over the nation. Some of you outside the country. What do you take with you? The gospel, the Holy Spirit, more than Jesus ever, greater. And last greater in time. If we'd go down the row and start add up, how long you've been a Christian? I've been a Christian 66 years, 20 times the length that Jesus ministered. So the challenge to us is to continue today greater, greater. Now, one thing that Jesus loved to do was pray. He would always be in contact with his father. Prayer changes things. Understand something this morning. When you pray, God answers prayer. Could I hear an amen? Amen. As you see the scripture, this is a challenge from Jesus. We're actually doing greater. Jesus could be one person and only Jesus could pray. We have, uh, this weekend, we'll have eight, 9,000 adults. Not the kids, just the adults that are praying. So we're doing greater. We're obeying what he said to do. Now, what am I going to have to have? To really accomplish this thing called greater. Turn back to the book of Luke, where we've been, chapter 4, verse 14. Now, as you turn there, let's review a little bit what's happened in the life of Jesus. Remember, he has not ministered one day yet. He has not gone to minister to anybody yet. He goes and gets water baptized at the age of 30 by John the Baptist. As he's coming up out of the water, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. The scripture says to us later that he is not only baptized, but he's filled with the Spirit. And we watch the Holy Spirit lead him into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. He doesn't eat, and he's tempted by Satan himself for 40 days. Now, as you think about that, If you just came out of the wilderness, fasting, no food, 40 days, and every day you're in front of Satan being tempted, 
How would you walk out after 40 days? Would, how would you walk out? Would you walk out like this? How many would walk out kind of like this? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Well, how is Jesus going to walk out? Look at verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the, read it with me, in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. After 40 days of fasting, spiritual warfare with Satan, what do we discover? Write it down this morning. Jesus remains filled. He's still totally controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now he's able to minister. Now he's able to touch people. The main goal of being filled with the Spirit is to touch people's lives. That's why Jesus came. So that means when he came out of the wilderness, he came out empowered, ready to go. And really, between verses 13 and 14, it's kind of a picture of one year difference. You can actually go back to John chapter 1 through 4 and see how he began to minister to people. Now, unlike Jesus, who never sinned, and thus was always filled, always under the control of the Spirit. That's not true for you. That's not true for me. You see, today we're going to learn about a spiritual leak that happens to every single one of us. You see, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you. That happens at salvation. It's something else to always be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we misunderstand the spirit-filled life. Jesus said to his disciples, you'll never be successful in life, period. So this is to every single person. See, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. God forgave you of your sins, and your temple is now filled, your body is now filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're to be like Christ, where it would change our world. Now, to do that, I have to have the spirit-filled life. Well, Pastor Mark, what is the spirit-filled life? Is it when I turn on television, I see people weird and whatever? Is that it? Yes. Of course not, it is not. It's weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Say to your neighbor, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Just tell them, the Holy Spirit is not weird. So what is it? Let me give you a definition. Don't try to write it down, but it's a really good definition. Here it is. The Spirit-filled life. It is a supernatural thing. It's not natural. You can't work it up. It's a state of man wholly unattainable by training. If I had every ministerial degree you could want, that has nothing to do with being filled with the Spirit. Uh, It's a state of man wholly unattainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It is nothing less than God in command, here we go, and control of man's whole life, flowing everywhere into it, and here's the key, so that he may, the Holy Spirit, flow freely and fully out of it. So basically it's this, look at me, when the Holy Spirit lives in me, If I am filled with the Spirit, He controls my life. It's not a robot. It's a submitting to His will. He's God. I can be led by the Spirit. I can know how to do this life. And you're going to see how practical that is in a moment. It's not something that you get because you're a good person. It is a gift that comes from God. Now, let's look. Acts chapter 2. Just go in your Bibles. Acts chapter 2. Scoot back. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. Go to chapter 2. Before Jesus went back to heaven, he said to his disciples, you have the Holy Spirit in you. 
And some of you, by the way, this morning are not Christians. You're trying to do life. You don't have God in you. You'll get an opportunity to have your sins forgiven. And Jesus came to die for our sins. Every person is born a sinner. You can get saved this morning. You can come back to Christ this morning. So Jesus said to his disciples, you have God living in you. But if you're going to do what I did, you have to be filled with the Spirit. So he told them to wait in Jerusalem. Here we see in verse 4 what happened. 120 Christians are in the upper room. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Just look at me for a moment. When we're filled with the Spirit, it opens the door to a spiritual life. Spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, healings, ministry, lots of things like that. It opens to discernment. It opens to the anointing. I pray before I speak every single time, God, fill me with your spirit. I can't do this in the natural. It has to be you speaking to people's hearts. I can't change your heart. Only God can speak to you. And so it opens that world. Now, notice what happens. As you just read that, we had 120 people in the upper room. How many were filled with the Holy Spirit? Tell me. All of them. So 120 people filled with the Holy Spirit, under the control, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, that dynamic power came upon them. Now, I want you to scoot over to chapter 4. You're close by, because I want you to watch this event. Now, how many were filled again? How many? All. So here we are. Peter and John were in the upper room, so they're part of the all. They go. God leads them in chapter 3 of Acts to heal a man who's never walked. And all of a sudden, the, that man begins shouting, no kidding, I'm healed, I can walk for the first time. And crowds came, but with the crowds came the religious leaders. They hated Jesus. They just crucified him. They didn't like this. It was taking their authority away. So they get John and Peter, put him in jail. And so now it's tough. And they're saying this to John and Peter. Don't you ever, in this town, speak in the name of Jesus again. And of course, Peter's going to respond to that. But look at what verse 8 says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. You know what Peter's going to say to them? You can tell me not to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now, why, if I'm filled and I never leak, why would Luke write, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit? That's because he was facing a very difficult situation. He was fearful. And so the scripture says he'd ask God, God, help me with my fear to continue to be bold in my witness. Remember, that's one of the whole keys to being spirit-filled is be a bold witness, Acts 1.8. So he was filled in the upper room, and he's filled here, what? Again. So that should begin to pique your interest. Scoot on down, same chapter, verse 31. All these Christians get together. They're told by Peter the threat that's coming. It's going to be dangerous. There's going to be persecution. Watch what happens. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all what? All filled with what? With fear. No, no, with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God in tongues. No, they spoke the word of God how? Boldly. Boldly. So once again, 
This is the third filling for Peter in a number of days. This is the second filling for many of those people who on the day of Pentecost have been filled. So we learn a huge principle. You want to write it down this morning. This is key to your life. Don't miss this. Here it is. The spirit-filled life, it's a lifestyle. It's not just an event. It's a lifestyle that is continually renewed and refreshed. Continually renewed and refreshed. People say, well, uh, are you filled with the Spirit? Yes, back in 1948, I received my baptism and I'm filled with the Spirit. Mm, Probably not. So what do we mean by that? Listen to Billy Graham, none other than Billy Graham himself. Listen to what he says. Our failure to be filled with the Spirit constitutes one of the greatest sins against the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to note, he says, that the command to be filled, you'll see this in a moment, actually means to be continuously filled. We are not filled once and for all like a bucket. Boop, filled, done, over with. Instead, we are to be filled constantly. In fact, it is translated, be filled and keep on being filled. The greatest reason that continuous filling is necessary, now watch, is because we as Christians leak, and sometimes we leak badly. You say, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about leak? Well, here's what you want to write down. If I'm filled with the Spirit, whose control am I under? The Spirit's. So what does it mean to leak? Here it is. Very simple. Spiritual leak. We move back under our own control. Well, God, it's been nice. I can take it from here. When I need you, I'll call you, but pretty much I got enough wisdom. I've got enough ability. I'm a pretty smart person. I can do this. And we take it back under our control. Now, that doesn't work. I'm sure in your life, you've been in a group of people or maybe with your spouse and you were meeting some people and you walked away and you said something like this. I'll try to say it generically so it doesn't offend anybody. You walk away and you say to your wife, he's so full of himself. (laughs) Ever said that? Or she's so full of herself. By the way, if you have a teenager, that's kind of a normal thing that you say. (laughs) Well, what does it mean to leak? I'm so full of myself. I'm not full of the Holy Spirit. He's not in control. I'm in control. We know what that looks like because my nature is still sinful. I have that battle in me. And what is the primary thing in my nature? Selfish. I don't need you, God. And we're going to see some obstacles to that. So this is the whole key. Remember, the ability of man is not equal to the power of God. I can't do what God can do in me. Only God's power can do that. So if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, I won't be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we're not led by the Holy Spirit, never will we accomplish greater. Never in our whole life. Paul knew this truth. Now I want you to turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to give you a lot of practical things this morning that will help all of us to learn. Ephesians chapter 5. Remember what happened to Paul. Paul was a Jew, very religious Jew, very smart Jew. He hated Jesus. He loved God, but he hated Jesus. He was, pers- he was killing Christians. He was there watching Stephen be stoned to death. 
And he's on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. And God supernaturally intervenes him. You'll hear about Paul will be one of the three that I talk about with amazing grace next week. Well, God intervenes with him, sends him, uh, knocks him off the animal, sends him to a place he's blinded, then gives another disciple to come and pray for him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins this amazing lifestyle of changing our world. Half of our Bible and the New Testament is like written by Paul. But watch what Paul says in verse 18. You're all there. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Watch Here's the command, first command to enable us to fulfill the challenge from Jesus. Do not get drunk on wine. Do not come under the influence of wine. Don't let the wine control you. Those of you that had problems in your background or you got drunk often before you came to Christ, you understand what that means. Paul says, don't, no different there 2,000 years. Don't let wine, don't let it control substance. And don't let narcotics control you or come under its influence, which eventually leads to debauchery, leads to just disaster after disaster after disaster. We just saw in the newspaper this morning, five people shot here in Florida. Where'd that come from? They came under the influence of what? Alcohol. Now watch what he says. Instead, contrast, opposite. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. In contrast, come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let Him control your life. Not wine, not alcohol, not your own nature. Let the Spirit. Now how is that written? I want you to write this down. It will not make exactly sense to you English-wise, but it's exactly right doctrinally. Here it is. The command. Be constantly being filled. Be constantly being filled. In other words, ask God to help you, to control you, to say to him, I submit to your leading. Be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the filling of the Holy Spirit starts as an event, baptized in the Spirit. But then... We don't live off of that the rest of our life. Jesus did because he never sinned. You and I, it's a continual filling on a daily basis. As I already told you many times, if I'm counseling or trying to make a decision, those kind of things, I'm always asking that God, God, I need your wisdom. I come under your control. I'm submitted to you. And you'll see later, as I teach every week, sometimes God wakes me up at 3 in the morning. My wife said to me uh, on Friday morning, what the world were you doing up at 1 a.m.? Well, I was writing a few of these things for you guys. The Spirit was speaking to me. He's leading me to try to make it clear. You know, I'm not a very smart person, so I spend a lot of time trying to make it simple because I'm just simple. You guys are so brilliant. I have to make it simple for you. Do you understand that? Okay, all right. Now, I'm just like you. I need to come under the Spirit. Now, I'm going to share with you. Those of you that are English majors will like this. I'm not an English kind of person, but what does that verb mean, keep on being filled? Let me share with you, and this will say volumes to you. You don't need to write it down. The verb in the original language, Greek, it's imperative. What does that mean? It's not an option. It's a command. We heard today that we still need the power of the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. We found out that however much we want to remain filled with the Spirit, we leak because of our tendency to want to do life our way instead of God's. Pastor Mark reminded us that we can shorten the time between refills by keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and by taking time to listen to the Spirit. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, we'll hear more from Pastor Mark on how to maintain the Spirit-filled life. He'll be emphasizing keeping in touch with the Holy Spirit by staying in the Word and in prayer and being humble as God uses us. We will discover the dangers of apathy and the necessity of being filled with zeal and passion for God and realize that God has put us here so that the Spirit can overflow out of our lives to other people. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.